Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we are looking at how you can soften the pain of higher mortgage payments. It's a very real pain for a lot of Australian households and there are steps that you can take right now today to dig the well before you need the water and make sure you and your family are insulated from the pain of paying more for where you live. Look forward to seeing you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Laurentiel. Thank you for having me on the show, Mr. Baxter. Today, we're going to talk about saving. I know you probably didn't save much on that expensive Armani suit, but uh, in today's fashion of talking about interest rates, inflation, I want to talk about how to save on your mortgage and some nifty ways around that. Very topical right now, and I think a lot of households are looking down the barrel at you know potentially you know significantly higher mortgage expense, and there certainly are things to get. Very interesting story in the weekend press. Uh, and the reason I was browsing the weekend press, my father is an avid reader of newspapers, and so yeah, uh, he, he brought the physical newspaper into my house, which is a rarity. What, 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 what's a physical newspaper? I know it's what you wrap your chips up in, basically, isn't it? And uh, anyway, I had a good read through. It's a really good article in there, and it was talking about um, the movement from being on a fixed rate to a variable rate and there's a huge rump of mortgages in the marketplace that uh, that are gradually seeing the expiry of their fixed rate term moving on to variable and the average jump in repayments and this is the really interesting one $250 a fortnight on a mortgage of 400,000 and I guess the caveat on here you know $400,000 mortgage is quite light. If you, if you sort of look at what the national averages are, if you're in Tasmania, for example, it's probably about right 400 grand would be the average mortgage. But in New South Wales, you could pretty much double that. Um, so, you know, 400 grand mortgage, you're paying an extra $250 a fortnight as you move off a typical fixed rate onto a variable. And I guess the, the, the million dollar question is that money has to come from somewhere. Well, it's $500 a month. So per year, that's quite a substantial amount of money after tax that you've got to earn to therefore be able to pay the extra repayments, right? Well, that's right. Let's say let's say you're in New South and and, and, and your numbers double that. So it's an extra 500 bucks a fortnight, $1,000 a month, 12 grand a year um, post-tax, of course. So what are you going to be earning depending on your tax rate? I don't know, 16, 17, $18,000 a year gross to offset that additional jump in your mortgage repayments. Now, on the back of that, of course, you don't have anything more to show for it. You're in the same house uh, or apartment. Everything stays the same you're just paying more to be there and i guess most people are then confronted with that scenario of okay well i'm either have to cut back my spending not very palatable or i have to find a way of generating more income and and if you go to your boss and say look yeah i'm going to need an extra 18 grand a year pay rise this year thanks because my mortgage has gone up um well i can tell you exactly the conversation i'd have with any one of our team if they approached me with that and they'll be that's okay i'm open to discuss that but show me first how you can generate an extra 60 to eighty thousand dollars of value for the business from your role and then we can talk about Give me a pay rise. Well, the boss's, his or hers expenses have probably gone up just as much the same, right? Mm, and, and, and everything prorates across that. So you can't just put your hand out for a pay rise, demonstrate how you're going to create more value in your role, which is not that easy to do for a lot of people. Um, you know, some roles you certainly can, but a, a, a lot you can't. So, you know, it's a pretty tough conversation uh, and unlikely to get you the outcome that you're really looking for, which I guess leaves you in a position, well, what do you do? How to save on your mortgage. It's an interesting question and probably two um, suggestions I'd throw at you here, AB, would be buy a business or start a business mm. or start a side hustle. So let's address the business first. Um, we'll tell you look- what, I'll, I'll tell you what, just taking a step back on that too, just thinking about it, what I'd probably look to do in the current environment if you can refix for another period of time, given the fact that we are moving into That's true. a rising cycle, trying to do that in the first instance, not because 
not because it's necessarily going to save you money, but what it's going to do is give you a level of certainty, which makes it much easier to plan and budget, which for a lot of people is a is a big challenge. So, you know, maybe look at fixing again uh, and rolling that forward. But, you know, if you're looking to generate more income, as you say, buying a business or or starting a side hustle, gee whiz, two fairly messy topics to get into there. Well, starting a business, this is something that you've done 10 times over mm-hmm. in a myriad of, of different ways. Starting a business isn't that easy and it requires pretty decent chunk of capital in most instances, instances, excuse me, to get off the ground. So what are your thoughts in, in that respect? Yeah, look, starting a business is also a time factor as well in terms of the lag from having the idea to opening the doors to it becoming cash flow generative. A lot of businesses don't make that, you know, something like 90% of businesses fail in the first three years. So you could put all that time and effort in and and not really get anything out of it. So I guess the alternative to that is to buy a business, um, which, you know, in itself, and I've sold a couple of businesses over the years, uh, is a very, very challenging proposition for people uh, to engage in on the basis that, well, number one, you need to pay for it. Uh, so there's a requirement for cash. And yeah, you can look at some unusual steps in there that are becoming more the norm, things like vendor finance uh, and things like that in order to do it, um, earnouts, all those sorts of things. But you still got to front up the cash, um, yeah, which if you're buying a business that's got the capacity to, to spill out reasonable cash flow, there's a good chance it's going to be pretty expensive. Totally. And then if you're getting a loan from the bank, you've also got to factor in the interest repayments in in that respect as well, right? They are tax deductible in the business context, but nonetheless, you still have to repay them. And if the business isn't generating the cash flow that perhaps you expect or anticipate, uh, it can become a little bit more challenging. And buying a business, you've got to do your due diligence. You've got to go through the reporting accounts, get good advisors around you. But even then, the numbers that you are looking at have got the capacity to to be doctored. I guess you could say that and, you know, the argument to that, oh, I'll just buy a franchise, right? Because I'm already buying someone else's mm. processes and, and everything else that goes with that. That conversation we had over lunch earlier today, I think it was Michael's Pastry, is that correct? Yeah, Misha, uh, Michael's Patisserie, Patisserie. Um, yeah, where the franchisees sued the the, the, the master franchiser for, well, there's no need to go into the specifics, but some fairly material breaches of what they were supposed to do. So, yeah, buying a franchise is always viewed as being, you're buying a job, you're just paying for it up front, uh, and you're buying somebody else's systems, I suppose. And, you know, that can be quite handy if, you, if you've got no idea how to run a business or start a business. You know, a good buddy of mine um, is in the veterinary practice space and he provides amongst many things for those vets uh, the ability to manage the cash flow marketing recruitment insurance uh, banking accounting all of the peripheral services so that the vets can focus on providing animal care which is typically why they became a vet in the first place. So whilst that's not a traditional franchise, a lot of the heavy lifting is kind of done for you and you can focus on the the doing, if you will, the bit that, that kind of got you into it. Um, but buying a franchise, you know, it's fraught with risk. It's expensive in, in the large part. And, and, and also, you know, it can become overwhelming in terms of it can be your new job. So if you've already got a job and you're looking for something on the side, buying a franchise is quite challenging. And I think breaking businesses down into what you're buying, I guess there are a few different categories. There are businesses that are people or service orientated. Uh, there are businesses which are um, product orientated. Uh, and then there are businesses which are perhaps like system orientated. Uh, and depending on your personality type, you're going to find that you may be a fit for some and not others. So you know, if you're buying a business that's a people orientated business, so a good example of that would be um, you know, a hairdresser, a beauty parlor, a physiotherapist, um, a gym for that matter. It, it's not just about the delivery of the service, it's the building of the relationship with the customer to 
get them to come back as a repeat customer. And if you're a really introvert person with zero interpersonal skills, that can be quite confronting in itself. You love the business, but having to deal with people as front of house, restaurants, another example of that. Um, it's not necessarily what people think when they're buying buying the business. So it needs to match up with what your personality type is. Equally, you know, if you're in, in the product space, you know, you buy someone's business that maybe sells on Amazon um, and, and, and you're buying a nuts and bolts thing that's in play and you're just taking over that and they're just selling off um, the IP, the intellectual property that they've put into building it. How much do you really know about that product? Uh, and I've always had a kind of, uh, I'm not a cynical person, but I've always had a fairly cynical streak when I see businesses for sale to say, what's the motivation for this? Is it not working as, as well as they're presenting? Um, why are they wanting out? Is it starting to slide over and decline? Is it too mature? And all those sorts of things. So if you've got a business like Amazon, uh, and a good buddy of mine runs you know, an amazing education business in that space. Um, if you've got something up and running and yes, you can sell it on, why? If it's on autopilot and it's so easy to do, and it's, it's, it's I'm not gonna say free money because the there is work involved with it, but if you've got something that can plonk out you know, dependable cash flow week in, week out, month in, month out, why are you getting rid of it? They're the sort of things that you'd hold on to until you go in the grave and then you'd leave it to your to your kids or your grandnephew or whatever it might be. So I'm always a little bit sketchy as to you know what's people's real motivation for exiting a business. And then I guess the last one is if you're in a systems type business where you can scale things up and um, you know, got people we know as client in this space, uh, that's in the insurance claim space. Uh, and it's all about systems. He's done exceptionally well, terrific guy, real smart operator, uh, and it's all about processes and systems. And he's, he's built yeah, a bemoth organization through being very skilled at building um, processes and systems. So, you know, there are lots and lots of different types of businesses that you can buy. The problem is you gotta buy it, you gotta put the cash up uh, and it's then a punt. If you put all that money up front, is it going to work? And I don't know, I'm, 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 that would be my least preferred way of generating additional income. Well, you've also, also got to learn how to do it, right? You can't just yep. buy a gym and work in a gym. You've got to be a qualified PT or a physiotherapist, mm. barber, whatever yep. it may be, which also takes time yeah. and most likely cost as well. And that, that business may, the, the, the sort of DNA values, whatever it might be within that business, it may not necessarily quite align with yours either. When you build something yourself, it's just a reflection of where your values are typically. If you take over somebody else's business, you're effectively buying their value system. And again, that's something that you can get a, a certain amount of personal conflict uh, within. Uh, and I think, you know, if you if you take the time and build something yourself, you understand it fully, um, you know, what the mechanisms and everything are. I've just had this firsthand on my farm. Um, we've got something that's called a chicken caravan. And as its name suggests, it's what our chickens live in. We've got quite a few chickens and, and, and I, I picked up this great Australian business. Um, and it's a, 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 a portable abode for your chickens. It's on solar and the doors open and close and the feeds in there and the nesting boxes, all, all the stuff around that. And, and, and I had to do something to fix it up on the weekend. And, and my dad's like, um, okay, um, how do you know what to do with that? And I actually built it. It came as flat pack. It took my father-in-law and I probably four days to build the thing. It's fairly comprehensive, about 2,000 rivets in it. But because I built it, I understand how it's put together and I knew what the problem was and I knew how to be able to fix that purely and simply because I built it. Whereas if it was something that was delivered as a finished product, I'd probably be calling the helpline saying, hey, what do I need to do to fix this? And I wouldn't understand where it is. So I think drawing the parallel, if it's your business and you've built it from scratch, you know what drives it and you've got far more uh, understanding when there are challenges, how to fix them. Probably a good segue into building a side hustle, AB, mm. which is similar to that of building a business, albeit maybe doesn't require the capital outlay mm. that a business would. So. Talk about income generating uh, side hustles. What are your thoughts in that space? 
Definitely a good idea. Uh, I've always had a side hustle. I reckon uh, it's uh, it's the way forward. It gives you diversification of income in the first instance. Gives your brain something to focus on too in terms of a new stimulant. If you're a little bit maybe um, tired of what you do uh, for a living, if you're in a job and it's not really stretching you, finding something else outside of that to supplement it and perhaps ultimately eclipse it is a good thing. Uh, it's also personal growth. You're learning new skills uh, and certainly the dollars that flow in from that, uh, no question about it, are, uh, are, are most welcome for most households. So I'd strongly endorse generating a side hustle. The question is what, how, and when, and you know, where to start, which I guess are some of the pivotal points for people, particularly if you're looking down the barrel at having to find an extra 250 bucks plus per fortnight just to pay your mortgage. Well, that's the thing. What do you do when you get to that point, when you arrive there to say, I need to generate more income and I need a side hustle to do that? Mm. It, would that be the main down? downside to a side hustle is not knowing what to do and where to start? Yeah, we're in an environment now, Mitch, where there's probably more opportunity, more choice, more information um, than ever before in history. And sometimes having more choice, more information and more opportunity really um, muddies the waters to make a decision because you can live in this perpetual cycle of self you know, trying to re-guess your thinking and, uh, and self-doubt comes in from that. So I do this, oh, well, now I've looked at this, or, and then I've heard of this, and now there's this, and perhaps I should consider that. And before you know it, you just get on that information acquisition merry-go-round, never to step off it and never to do anything because you kind of get buried uh, with, with research, which is not really what this is about. So it can be a little bit challenging in terms of knowing where to start. I think in that space, finding something that doesn't depend on necessarily you and is a system uh, that you can follow is is, is quite a positive and and, and to that uh, point you know that's why I love trading we've taught it to tens of thousands of people around the world it's a process anybody can learn it it doesn't depend on your knowledge base it does in fact the less you know about trading sometimes to start with can be better you know bring any bad habits to the table doesn't matter what your native language is doesn't matter what gender you are doesn't matter what country you were born in doesn't matter what your income is right now it's a very level playing field and it's rather like sport it comes down to the effort that you want to put in on the day and, and the rules that you're prepared to follow in order to get an outcome uh, and so it is a great leveler and trading has been great to me it's been great to our clients and it's a very very easy easy side hustle to bolt on to whatever it is you're doing. It's not time consuming, but there are some steps that you'll need to get pretty well nailed down on that journey to better start it effectively. Totally. And unashamed plug cash flow on demand is what we do to help clients do exactly that. So my question to you, AB, is have you got a trade or an example offhand that you've maybe looked at in the last couple of days that you can share to show how our listeners may be able to achieve exactly this? Yeah, the the, the, the sort of desire or dream you know, to have more income uh, is something a lot of people have. Um, the challenge I think that people have, Mitch, is that they fall in love with the outcome. No, I'd fall in love with having more money. I'd love to have more money. The secret to success, I think, is actually falling in love with the process. And once you've taught someone how to do this, rather than just give them a tip saying, hey, buy this today and you're going to make this much money, teaching them the process to better do it on a recurring basis is where you set people free. And that's been a big value driver for me, you know, really for the last 19, 20 years when I've been teaching people around the world how to trade. Uh, and I do have a specific trade. I just looked at it actually this morning. It's a, it's a, it's a lovely little trade that kind of answers the question, can you generate a, a reasonable income from something on the side? The answer is yes. The challenge is, you got to get knowledge and you got to pay for knowledge. Don't rely on free stuff because none of it really syncs together. You can go onto YouTube, read some books. It's going to leave you with a higher level of confusion and lack of understanding and muddier water than, than, than if you started properly. We offer a uh, top to bottom A to Z fully 
uh, structured process for taking you from whatever knowledge base you have to a level where you can generate dependable, reliable, risk-managed, predictable cash flow. Uh, and, and they're not big claims, they're just statements of fact. Um, and, and, and that's something that's appealing to a lot of people. It doesn't require a lot of time. And again, if you're talking about a side hustle, chances are if you want a side hustle, it's the thing you do on the side outside of work. And irrespective of what you do, whether you buy a business or build a side hustle, if you're employed, there's a moral framework here. And that is if someone is paying you in good faith to do a job for them and there's a wage or a salary, give them 100% plus of your time day in and day out. Chances are they'll give you a pay rise too to help ease your financial pain if you're that kind of employee. Don't start letting your side hustle or side business distract you and eat into that work time. Don't don't be doing it in work time. It's very unfair from a moral perspective to inflict that on your employer. Trading, in, and, and certainly in the way that we do, you know, you probably need an hour a month, uh, an hour a week, realistically. Uh, you can get that an hour a month if you really want to make it a passive strategy, but an hour a week for most people, they feel that they're involved. Um, is something that most people can find the time for. Uh, and when you look at what's available to you on the back of that, once you've taken the time to learn the process, okay, you're going to have to pay some money to learn the process. And guess what? If you don't pay that money, it's going to blow up. It will not work. You can't expect to start a new endeavor in what is arguably the most Darwinian environment there is, the stock market, without specialist knowledge. Good luck to you if you think you can, because you will ultimately get absolutely slaughtered. And I know there are people that are listening to this go, well, I've done very well over the last few years. What would you know? Well, I've done very well over the last 30 years. And if I look at that benchmark of 30 years of time in markets, there are easy times to make money. And we've seen that over the last two years. And there are very challenging times to make money. And I think that's what we're seeing for 2022. The market conditions, the world is changed considerably. Hence why we're talking about how to soften the pain of your mortgage. We're seeing interest rates rise for the first time for 10 years. And that brings with it a whole set of different circumstances and skills. So irrespective of whether you've done well over the last couple of years or not, putting that to the side and saying, okay, maybe I've been lucky and been in the right place at the right time. Um, let's actually learn how this game works. And it's not about just making money, it's how to protect it when things get a little bit tough. So, you know, pay some money, learn to do this properly and you can live off it for a lifetime. And forget about what you pay for that knowledge because if you amortize that over the next, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years, however long you intend to live, it's nothing, it's cents. You're paying nothing for that skill set. You can live off it forever. Best investment you can make is in yourself and we stand by that wholeheartedly, right? 100%. And, and, and you know, we get some people that scoff, we've got some marketing running at the moment. Uh, and we talk about how you can generate, you know, a, a reasonable income um, off an asset base. Let's take a hundred grand. I'm picking that number because it's a round number. You can divide it up. You can uh, multiply it, whatever suits your own personal circumstance. But it's a number that's easy to work with. And, and we talked about the notion of softening um, the payment of your mortgage. So, to give you an example, um, if, if we just take a trade this morning, just looking at this on uh, trade this morning, it's a stock called Fortescue, Australian business, and the kind of return that we've got available on that, let's say you've got 100 grand you want to invest and you can divide up or multiply whatever you want to do. Yeah, you can pull what, three, three and a half percent out of that for just about three weeks. So about a percent a week, about 1100 bucks a week, roughly. Give or take, okay, this isn't a precise, okay, and you need to get in at this price point. This is a podcast, this is not going through a trade. I do that with our clients behind the curtain once you come on board. But if you took that trade today, roughly, you're going to pull about a thousand bucks a week. Now we're talking about uh, being able to pay $250 a fortnight. Okay, you need working capital to do this. Yes, you can't turn water into wine and there are ways that we can help apply leverage in a way that's a safer way, in my opinion, of providing leverage for sure. 
to help gear that up if you've got a smaller amount to invest in. But if you're going to consider gearing up, you definitely want to gear up on your knowledge and learn how to do this properly. Don't be going into any form of leverage without really understanding what you're doing, because that will end in tears. So it, it is possible to do that. And, and the worst thing I think people could do right now, as we're looking down the barrel of an economy that's going to get harder, uh, it's going to get more expensive. We've got inflation, uh, which is rampant. We're going to see interest rates move up, which means there's going to be mortgage pain. Um, there's not really been a huge amount of wage growth. Yeah, we've got a treasurer that suggested if you want to pay rise, change jobs, but it's not just as easy as changing jobs. Sometimes you need to upskill. Um, my view would be if you want to do well in a business as an employee, stick around and get promoted within. Don't keep jumping from job to job. Show that sort of loyalty and it will come back to you in spades if you've got the right kind of employer. Build a side hustle. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be buying a business in the current the current business environment because if things are shaky, the past performance, as we say in the stock market, no guarantee of future performance. Buying a business that may have done very well over the last five or eight years may not do quite so well in the more challenging environment that we're perhaps looking at. The great thing about our approach to the stock market, as you well know, you trade it, you're on the desk every day with their clients helping them. It doesn't matter what the market's doing, up, down, sideways, doesn't make any difference. Volatile, not volatile, bearish, bullish, neutral, does not matter. Australian market, US market, does not matter. The reality is that ability to be able to generate reliable, robust and regular cash flow from the market exists every single day. And that's the ultimate side hustle. Doesn't depend on customers, doesn't depend on interest rates, doesn't depend on inflation, just depends on your skill set. And once you've got that skill set, get it right, live off it forever. Brilliant way to finish, AB. Let's finish that up. That was awesome. Thank you very much for your advice as always. My pleasure. Thanks very much, Mitch. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll look forward to hosting you next week.